Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Talk and Tech podcast, where we talk about technology, gadgets, trends, and other innovative products from the lens of a not-so-serious consumer. Hello, Amit. How are you? I'm doing good today, Setu. How are you? I'm good too, thanks. So, what are we going to talk about today? So, here's the thing. Uh, you remember when we recorded our first episode, you mentioned... Uh, and we were talking basically about uh, audio devices. We spoke at length about AirPods and AirPod Max in general. Mm-hmm. And you compared it to a few other headphones that you owned. And you also spoke of sound state. So I distinctly remember one of my friends who listened to that episode. He actually told me that he's interested in learning a little deeper about the concept of sound states and what does it mean in terms of audio devices and mm-hmm. i think uh, i think we discussed this earlier as well that maybe we can spend a few minutes discussing uh, what sound stage means for some of our listeners as well so why don't we touch upon that first and then uh, let's take it from there sure sure so a sound stage basically is uh, what it um what the word says it's basically the stage um of the sound that the audio device or the speakers are producing um and and it varies um based on the based on the kind of sound system you are you are listening your music or or movie on so if you are in a in a movie theater for example the sound stage is really big it it encompasses the entire movie theater if you are in a home theater setup then um the sound stage is basically the room that you have your home theater setup in if you are listening it on a small wireless speaker uh then the sound stage is usually very small but the speakers these days are trying to get it as wide as possible and that's why you're that's why we're seeing a lot of these speakers take uh, the shape of a cylinder where they kind of i made the sound in all possible directions to kind of give you a perception of a wider sound stage and and as we talked about in our first episode the headphones basically uh, you're restricted to the sound stage if it's a closed back headphone and then we can touch on that a little bit as well but if it's a closed back headphones which most of the consumer headphones are closed back then the sound stage is really limited um by the boundary that your brain kind of audioizes um and and how well the headphone is at at giving that perception to your brain on how wide it is but but from a physics standpoint the physics of sound standpoint there's so much that a headphone can do at least a closed back headphone and and that's where you know you you're going to notice the difference so we can talk about all of these um if you want and and i can and i can walk you through what my, what i look for when i am basically looking for a new sound system for myself or any other friend or if i go anywhere and 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 i'm enjoying the music somewhere then that, what are the key points that i look for yeah i think i think that would be a good topic to touch upon and specifically because this is a little bit uh technical in terms of how you perceive sound mm-hmm. uh, of course mm-hmm. every individual has their own preferences when it comes to how they perceive sound i i, mm-hmm. I take myself back a few years or maybe uh, years before i had met you mm-hmm. uh, i may not have been that particular about what i am hearing and you know any 
pair of headphones or any pair of uh, speakers so as to say might have worked for me and those nuances of sound i might not notice as much uh, you know get me towards a few few such things that are easy to pick up to the air then of course mm-hmm. some of these things are easy to pick for me now and uh, and when the sound isn't perfect it kind of starts bothering me but for a general consumer perspective i think a lot of things may not a lot of things like this may not matter mm-hmm. uh, a lot of things like this may actually matter uh, when they are purchasing a headphone or they are purchasing a sound system so maybe we can what we can do is maybe basis your own experience and i know you are far more experienced in how you perceive sound and how you uh, you know how you are more of a sound connoisseur yourself mm-hmm. so why don't you pick up say few different type of devices mm-hmm. uh generic devices we can talk about specific devices later on like mm-hmm. yourself said a home theater or a uh, or a wireless speaker a, a wireless speaker or a headphone or something like that and then you know what does sound stage mean and how should somebody look at it when they are making a purchase or they are just judging equipment sure so let's start with the uh, yeah I, i think that that's a good idea and and these three are basically consumer grade devices so let's start with the home theater so um i've it's, i've been having uh upgrading my home theater setup for some time now i mean it's, it's an ongoing process for me because you know i am always on the lookout for any 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 better uh, you know receiver or speaker system that that i can put and couple with my home theater so let's start there and that's one of my favorite things in my house so so when when i go and look for a home theater um uh, there are two things that that matter most uh, most to me and which is basically how well the speaker and the receiver produce the sound accurately and 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 where all i can position them so that um it it doesn't interfere with my you know room aesthetics and and it still is able to produce the best sound it can produce so b- before we venture into that essentially a home theater consists of some speakers and and usually at at bare minimum an audio video receiver um and then optionally you can hook up an amplifier to that but then of course it goes into uh, a little advanced territory so let's not go there so let's take the bare minimum home theater setup which consists of um a set of speakers and an audio video receiver an audio video receiver is basically just a device which um as the name suggests receives audio and video from your various other devices um for example if you have an apple tv if you have a set top box from your cable company if you have a blu-ray player uh gaming console and things of that nature so you hook all of them up into your audio video receiver and there is one output excuse me from the audio video receiver that goes into your tv uh that sends the video signals to the tv and then all your speakers are connected to your audio video receiver and and the receiver does the job of splitting the audio from the video and sending the audio to your speakers and video to your tv uh there's also a return channel um available and you typically connect your audio video receiver to to the arc port on your tv so that in case you have a smart tv and and you want to play something on the tv 
um you would prefer to listen to the audio of that content from your speakers from your home theater mm-hmm. speakers instead of your tv speakers so so that's what it's used for um and and i'm going to i'm not going to go into a lot of technical details around this but but that's how a typical home theater setup is so when i when i go and look for a new home theater or an upgrade to my home theater um what i typically look for as i said is um sound quality first and then also ensuring that it's unobtrusive and and it doesn't you know look extremely bulky doesn't take too much space in my room and and those are the two parameters that i personally weigh everything against um of course there are serious audiophiles who would probably drop the aesthetics part and they would just go yeah. with the um i agree it, it doesn't matter to them how the speaker looks or or whether how, how many speakers they have in the room but yeah i or i go for the size of the speaker yeah exactly yeah. yeah so so yeah and all of the home theaters these days they come with uh an auto tuning mechanism and and there are different brands mm-hmm. doing it uh um some of them use um use uh, something from a company called odyssey and what it does is it basically comes with a microphone that you hook up to your audio video receiver and you place it in different places different listening positions within your room so so it will ask you it will have an on screen setup that what it will do is it will ask you to put it put your mic in position number 1 2 3 so let's say you have five or six seating positions in your living room or wherever you have set up your home theater and you just place your microphone it will produce a series of sounds from all your speakers and what it is actually doing in that in that process is it is basically i mean of, of course it's doing a bunch of other calculations but one of the calculations is that it's measuring your sound stage mm-hmm. and what it does is um it it produces sounds from all your speakers and then the microphone hears that sound and then the audio video receiver calculates how long it's taking for for example your left front left speaker to produce the sound and and the microphone to receive it in that listening position and based on that it it runs some calculations and then it figures out how big your room is and it and it goes to the extent of basically identifying how far each speaker is from the optimum listening position so once that setup is complete when you go in your speaker settings or your audio settings or whatever the settings are in your audio video receiver you would be able to see some sort of distance configuration for each speaker it would say either like 5 right. feet or 6 feet or or something like that and then you can configure that reconfigure that if you wanted to mm-hmm. so so that's mm-hmm. how it measures the sound stage and that's really critical for the AVR to give you the best possible sound not just in music but especially in movies because these days um yeah all these streaming services and even your in our cable set top boxes they come with at least 5.1 dolby surround right and good. and netflix prime and and all the other ott services are actually um a step ahead and they are actually encoding all their audio in dolby atmos these days correct right so all of these multi channel audio um soundtracks are dependent on the sound stage or at least the calculation that your sound system has made for the sound stage to be able to give you the best possible output 
and 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 that's why it is very important so so that process that you do if you skip that in your home theater setup you still get mm-hmm. pretty good sound but obviously you're not utilizing your sound system to its fullest potential yeah yeah okay so how does it affect the sound stage so let's talk about dolby atmos for a bit and then we'll move on to the next device because that's something that's pretty close to my heart um i prefer to watch anything that's available in in dolby vision and dolby atmos and we can touch on dolby vision in in, in another episode because that that basically <clears throat> is specific to the video part of the signal yeah. um uh, dolby atmos is basically a new format created by dolby uh it stands for atmospheric audio uh and what it does is it basically creates a it it visualizes an atmosphere around the listener and instead of restricting the instead of restricting the creators to a specific number of channels what dolby did was that they gave them a 360 degree sound field or a sound stage that they can position any sound to come from so before the atmos audio was popular we always were thinking about 5.1 7.1 mm-hmm. 9.1 and you know there are various different permutations and combinations of those speaker systems but what dolby atmos brought into was because it was basically a never ending quest to add a bunch of speakers right i mean you cannot add like Correct. million speakers in your house so yeah. it's it's a different story for movie theaters where they can put and hide the speakers behind the curtains you know above you below you in your seat wherever they want to but but in your home you're restricted by the number of speakers so that's what dolby did what they did was they created an algorithm and they they fed it to all the audio video receivers or or various other devices and what those devices would do is they would calculate something called as a atmosphere for that listening position which includes the sound stage and in in a in a movie if a sound is supposed to come from you know from your right side and then go above you and then you know further go down to your left hand side the creators of the audio track would just tell the system that this is how the sound would come from and this is where it would go eventually and then the algorithm on the creation side would figure out how to put it in the soundtrack of that content and then when your audio video receiver decodes it 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 basically maps it to the atmosphere that it has created for your specific listening environment okay mm-hmm. so then it 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 would in for example in your in your house if you have a home theater for this particular audio track your sound system might utilize the front right speaker the rear right speaker um the front atmos speaker and uh, to produce that sound but in my setup if i have another speaker or if i if my front speaker is further away from me it might choose not to use it so it basically lies at the discretion of the audio video receiver or whatever the sound devices which has done those calculations and have created an image of virtual image of your listening atmosphere mm. to determine which speaker combination to use to give you as close to um the sound as possible that the creator of that content intended for you to listen and and it's really good 
it's it's really good at reproducing that and that's why it is gaining a lot of popularity because the creators are not limited by the channels so they don't have okay. to worry about which channel this particular part of the audio goes to which channel that particular right. part of the audio goes to they just specify in a 360 degree space that this is where the audio should start and this is where it should end it should come from here it should go there it should come in your face it should go behind your head hmm. things of that nature and then the system figures out how to encode it and then the speaker system figures out how to decode it and and reproduce it so that is very interesting and uh, mm-hmm. so that is super interesting all of that i mean i i didn't know half of that so mm-hmm. uh, wonderful to hear all of this stuff but uh so so from my experience of having owned a 5.1 earlier mm-hmm. i don't have I don't have any right now. I'm actually on the lookout, so mm-hmm. this is a great discussion in that direction, also. But uh, 5.1 does produce with the settings that you mentioned earlier. Does produce a very cool effect on if you are actually receiving a 5.1 audio from one of your devices, or if you are receiving a Dolby audio from one of your devices. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these days, uh, before you move on to any other devices, these days sound bars are also very popular. Right? Mm-hmm. Sound bars are like one single. a uh, piece of instrument that you can place on uh, at one location mm-hmm. uh, pretty close to your device most likely mm-hmm. uh, the device that you expect your audio from mm-hmm. but now that you are talking about uh, the dolby atmos uh, algorithm mm-hmm. are these are these uh, algorithms also uh, producing similar effects on devices like sound bars and creating the same atmosphere within your uh, so called sound stage wherever you place your uh the, the devices that you receive audio from yes so so there there are there are two key things that that you need um in order to be able to enjoy all the atmos audio one the first one is essentially um a, a sound system which is capable of um of, of receiving and decoding dolby atmos audio and and the second one is basically the speakers capable of uh rendering that audio mm-hmm. in your in your listening environment so what these soundbars do is they in addition to having forward firing speakers in them so traditionally the soundbars would typically right fire uh, sound directly towards you towards you the yep. new age soundbars these days have speakers that fire sound in all the directions okay mm-hmm. and these are specialized drivers so in, in technical terms speakers are called as drivers um in in the audio world so so these drivers they have they fire in all different kinds of possible directions and what they do is they use a combination of direct um directly firing the sound in in towards you and then indirectly firing the sound towards you and by indirect i mean the sound would either go to your ceiling uh to the wall or somewhere else mm-hmm. and then come back to you now obviously you know uh, indirect sound uh, has its own limitations uh, right. right so it so it would it would either diminish or it would be so bleak that you won't be able to notice it um mm-hmm. but but it still gives you way better experience than your typical 5.1 or 7.1 or or whatever 9.1 mm-hmm. experience because uh when used in conjunction with these algorithms and the earlier tuning that i mentioned because all of these soundbars would also have you tune them so once you install them you would right. you would go through some sort of a setup process sonos has an app uh, so sonos is pretty ahead in the soundbar game these days but they have an app uh, that you 
that you turn on and then you start the tuning process and what you have to do is literally you know take your phone and and wave it around the room uh, while mm-hmm. it is producing um a, a, a some sort of a noise or or a sound from its a sound bar or speakers and then w- what it is basically doing is similar to the odc setup that i mentioned earlier uh it's basically uh trying to figure out in your listening environment uh how long it takes for each you know uh, each set of sound to be received by our phone's microphone so there are two things that happen when you when it asks you to wave your phone around your room it 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 gets an idea of how big your room is right mm-hmm. uh using the phone's sensor and then the other thing that it gets at how long it takes for each note of the sound to reach each position in your in your listening environment and that that right. is actually enough information for it to figure out uh what your or basically create a virtual uh 3d image of your listening environment uh, to be to be fed to the atmos decoding algorithm or whatever algorithm it needs to feed to okay. so then it uses a combination of all the drivers that it has to kind of bounce sound from various different positions to kind of uh give you the best possible listening experience with that set of speakers um and your you know listening environment because i mean if you have nothing on your walls if you have no you know fabric based furniture then you would hear a lot of echo so so right. these sound systems would try to compensate for that um and then if you have a lot of noise coming in if you have a lot of if you're if you have a lot of windows then if you have a lot of wind draft coming in then they would try to compensate well there's so much that they can do right right uh, but but yeah i mean i i think all of all of these companies are doing a really good job but but a lot of that is counting on the fact that dolby and and dts have given them algorithms and obviously mm-hmm. they have put in their own research but uh, they have given them algorithms that are pretty pretty neat to kind of be able to reproduce the sound the way it was meant to be played in your listening environment um so sound bars are good uh, some of the sound bars can be augmented with wireless surround speakers especially sonos and uh, denons and uh, i believe samsung and lg also have uh, sound bars that that can be coupled with their wireless speakers so you don't have to run the wire all across your room um mm-hmm. and and they serve as your rear speakers because the the, the rear part is the most challenging part because right. uh what happens is that um the the sound coming from the top can easily be simulated with a driver facing towards your ceiling and essentially firing the sound to your ceiling and then um having it uh, redirected to you but uh, imagine that they have to do the same for your rear speakers so essentially yeah. they would have to fire the sound towards the wall behind you back of the wall yeah. yeah yeah in a way that you know it avoids you at the first contact and then only yeah. gets to you in the second so so yeah that's tricky so it's always recommended to have at least rear surround speakers in, in mm. a multi channel setup but even if you don't have it these sound bars are doing a pretty good job at um at, at reproducing that i mean ikea has a has a good set of speakers that blend with your furniture so they have speakers in the shape of a lamp and sure. things right yeah. and and they work with sonos and various other uh, providers yeah. so so yeah we have all kinds of solutions but but that's what 
coming back to sound stage but that's what that's yeah. why sound stage is so important um hang on okay so the only place where um i've been able to distinctively enjoy atmos audio is when when i'm watching movies that have been uh, encoded with dolby atmos so if you have a disney plus subscription disney plus mm-hmm. almost all the content on disney plus has atmos audio um so so that's really fun to watch um however like to literally identify the difference between 5.1 7.1 and atmos you would really need to kind of in real time be able to switch between the two and only then you would be able to notice the difference but mm-hmm. in some specific cases i would say you would be able to identify that okay this is something that i probably wouldn't have been able to enjoy if i did not have an atmos um atmos sound system for example okay. um in the first iron man movie i specifically remember there is a scene when tony stark is testing out the first um suit prototype and and he basically takes it all the way um up in space where where mm-hmm. the suit freezes and then when he's falling down um i think he deploys flares or something uh, he did he does something that kind of releases all the ice crystals from the suit and those ice crystals essentially uh while he's falling down the ice crystals basically flow up in 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 the sky and mm-hmm. and there is a specific sound that those ice crystals make uh that essentially has been encoded in a way that it that it would give you the perception of things of those ice crystals flying away from you above you mm. and and that specific scene i remember where i was like taken aback immediately when i when i was watching that movie and oh my god this is where those you know my investment into those <laughs> atmos top firing modules is paying off when i'm hearing that uh, those ice crystals mm. flying above my head yeah so so that's where yeah uh, so that's where these speakers and sound stage and and all those things come into play and and unfortunately you know uh, there isn't a lot of places where you would be able to experience them side by side but if you go to some of the home theater showrooms uh for example pro fx has some some good showrooms in india and over here we have best buy who has uh, mm-hmm. they have a magnolia yeah home theater setup yeah. usually so where they can switch things in real time switch speakers in real time switch receivers in real time and and show you what the difference is right. um but once you get once you get the setup in your house and tune it then you know you probably won't be able to notice a lot of difference it's just that you would enjoy it a lot more yeah, yeah. makes sense hmm. okay makes sense all right so let's move on to wireless speakers so a sound stage for a wireless speaker is basically fairly limited and it's limited to the power that the wireless speaker has so it also is dependent on the size and shape of that speaker obviously so that's why we see these wireless speakers and all these weird shapes and sizes right so um uh, some of the most popular ones are obviously the smart speakers that we have these days alexa uh, google home um uh, apple's home pod and home pod mm-hmm. mini now Uh, yeah. but if you go to dedicated wireless speakers you have uh, offerings from as i mentioned earlier sonos 
you have offerings from Denon, and then um, there are some luxury brands like Bowers and Wilkins, Bang and Olufsen, and various other companies who who make different kinds of wireless speakers. They yeah. want they want to make they want to venture into the luxury audio space by kind of making speakers in a way that they blend with your room's aesthetics and and kind of try to confuse any guests that might be coming to your place to kind of try and figure out where the speaker is hidden like it might mm-hmm. be <laughs> yeah you you might be seeing like a big canvas which essentially is a speaker so you wouldn't notice it in in, in one in, in the first side that this is actually a speaker but it's actually a flat canvas that's resting on some sort of an easel um but it but it actually produces really good sound so so those are the kind of things that these guys are doing but the sound stage is determined based on the power that that speaker has and the shape of that speaker so and it all depends on what the purpose of that speaker is so typically these cylindrical speakers that we see the home pods um the um the um echoes and and the google homes they are typically meant to be placed either on a on a on a table in the middle of the room or somewhere which is not a typical placement for a traditional speaker right you traditionally you mount those speakers somewhere but these speakers are supposed to be not exactly in the middle of the room but not exactly on the edge of the room either so that's why they have speakers or the drivers firing in all different directions and different mm, power yeah. and that's how they achieve to get a wider sound stage now one thing to note here is that um all of these smart speakers whether it is homepod homepod mini um amazon's echo or google home they will sound exponentially better if you pair two speakers together Hmm. right so a single speaker would sound good certainly but if you are actually trying to do some serious listening to audio tracks then i would strongly recommend buying a pair and then setting up one as the left and the other as the right hmm. because that mm-hmm. would dramatically improve the sound stage and the audio quality so so that's something to keep in mind uh, obviously you know you would have to look at how this impacts your aesthetics of the room and and obviously your budget and your budget, uh, because yeah, they, yeah, yeah because they don't come cheap but but it makes an exponential difference recently i think apple released an update to their apple tv where if you have um a bunch of home pods right um essentially four four home pods i believe then you can basically set them as front left right Uh, oh really left, right yeah and and you can potentially cool. yeah you can yeah. potentially have an atmos system hmm. um in your living room just using home pods that's very cool yeah so um, but again obviously um uh, apple's home pod is not cheap at least the bigger one and and it also looks a little rather bulky to me Uh, to be honest with you so it you... is yeah yeah i mean if you compare it to the other smart speakers that are in the same ecosystem that it's competing against it does look a little bulky correct and having four or five of them in the same room would, yeah, would just yeah, yeah, be yeah. crazy in my opinion yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i agree so yeah. so yeah so those are the wireless speakers and and how they manage their sound stage um and as far as headphones are concerned i was talking about closed back and open back headphones um so open back headphones are usually not consumer grade headphones 
and they are basically what the name suggests they they don't have a uh, their, their backs are open basically so you can potentially see the internals if it's a transparent mm. uh the, um, you know thing that they have but right. uh they are usually used in studios or by audiophiles because by definition since their backs are open the whatever you are listening to everyone else sitting next to you would be able to easily listen to Uh, so they are usually used by recording professionals and serious audio files i i don't have a pair of those headphones because i'm not that serious of an audio file but um but they would give you a much wider sound stage because they're not limited by the closed back that typical consumer mm. headphones are limited by and that is why we were focusing so much in our first episode about airpods max's ability to create a little wider sound stage again it it's not like super wide but it was certainly wider than the XM4s that i had and yeah. it's certainly wider than a lot of other headphones that are out there there are closed back headphones from sennheiser and other brands that produce even a wider sound stage than airpods max but they are either expensive or they lack some other features they might not be wireless and things of that nature airpods max potentially gives you a unique set of features and uh, audio performance that you probably won't be able to find in any other consumer grade wireless headphones so so that's why the ability to create a wider sound stage matters because headphones are are basically your personal device you you don't really want people sitting next to you absolutely uh, hearing what you are hearing yeah and then sometimes you also... you're not hearing stuff that you want others to hear anyways <laughs> correct yeah exactly yeah. and and uh, you also want the best possible sound from those headphones right absolutely yeah so so that's where sound stage matters and in terms of audio quality how sound stage affects audio quality is is, is a fairly um in 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 simple terms the wider your listening sound stage is going to be the more room your speaker or the driver in your headphone is going to have to kind of spread the various instruments to um that that the sound of the instruments that it's producing so that's why i mentioned in a in one of our previous episodes that when you are actually listening to you know very specific genre of tracks like classical mm-hmm. music or um soundtracks from films you know when where there's a lot of action sequences or you know typical tracks from a r rahman or some other you know um yeah. popular uh, music directors uh, who tend to use a lot of you know orchestral music in their audio right where where there are like in, in parallel there are like 30 or 40 instruments uh, producing music that's where sound stage becomes super important because if the speakers or the drivers have more room to play with they can potentially uh discerningly produce all the instruments that your ear can identify otherwise what happens is that if it's a smaller sound stage or a narrower sound stage then all of that uh, the driver is still producing all the instruments together right but it's just muffled up in a very small space and mm-hmm. your brain cannot decipher which one is which and then you're basically listening to a different version of that audio track right yeah right. so what you would notice is that when you listen to music 
on some of these headphones um you would actually start enjoying some tracks that you probably previously wouldn't have enjoyed just because they weren't sounding as good as they are now interesting yeah so you would i mean i personally find myself skipping tracks far less often when i'm listening to music on my airpods max or for that matter sony xm4s compared to when i'm actually listening to them on my sonos one that is on my work desk right or on a google home uh, speaker or on an amazon echo speaker so i typically do not skip uh, those tracks that much because i i'm still enjoying it right i may not have enjoyed that track earlier primarily because it either sounded a little noisy to me or i just i just didn't enjoy it because you know there was a narrow sound stage or it the speaker wasn't doing a good job at at reproducing the track and when i'm listening to it on a much better quality sound system which is maybe a headphone in this case i'm able to hear every instrument properly i'm able to quietly hear it without the noise coming from everywhere else so i i may i may be enjoying it more than i was earlier that is superb actually the this entire discussion setu and i i knew you were the right person to ask most of these questions uh this has been super informative for me and i'm pretty sure that anybody who's listening in would definitely find details from here that they can take back if they are looking to purchase a audio device for their homes or anything that they want to put on their ears as earphones or or some of the more expensive equipment around Mm-hmm. uh that was a that was a great discussion for me and thanks for sharing your knowledge out here mm-hmm. uh i think we have kind of you know run out of time okay uh, i know that there are more topics that we would like to explore but let's let's just keep them for another episode then sure thank you all right thank you bye 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of the Talk and Tech podcast hosted by Amit Tripathi and me Setu Garg. We would love to hear your comments and suggestions. Amit's Twitter handle is at @unusualrant and mine is at @setu garg. Music for the podcast is produced by Nomadic Lust. Cover art design is by Malvika Tiwari. You can find the link to the artist's pages and our Twitter handles in the episode's show notes. Until next time, take care and goodbye.